We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everyone. I don't know how long um, the lifespan of a children's book is. Um, Not having kids, I don't know if the books that were current when I was a kid are still kind of, you know, with it today. But I want to take you back, and I know some of you will remember this book. One of my favorite, like, early books when I was a really young child that I remember my parents used to read to me uh, was called Great Title, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, right? You guys remember this one? Yes, this means yes, this means no. Some of you, okay. Well, it's a great book. And so the, uh, what happens, this isn't an exact uh, repetition of it, but if you give a mouse a cookie, then what's going to happen? He's going to want a glass of milk. So if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. And you read this story to your children, and there's this great progression. It's just awesome. So if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. But if you give a mouse a glass of milk, he's going to request a straw to drink the milk. If you give him a straw to drink the milk, he's going to ask for a mirror to avoid a milk mustache. Logical, right? Didn't think this was coming today, did you? (laughs) But if you give him uh, a mirror, then he's going to notice that he needs a pair of scissors to trim his hair in the mirror. Then he's going to ask for a broom to sweep up his hair trimmings. After that, he's going to be tired from the milk and the cookie, so he's going to want to take a nap. But first, if you say yes to a nap, he's going to want you to read a story to him. He'll wake up from his nap, he'll draw a picture, he'll hang the drawing of his picture, he'll hang that on your refrigerator, but when he sees the refrigerator, he's going to remind himself of how good milk is, and he's going to ask for a glass of milk. And everyone knows when you have a glass of milk, you have to have a cookie to go with it. And if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. And so the cycle returns. See you next Sunday. No, just kidding. (laughs) I love that story. I was uh, thinking about that this morning and just, I don't know how God gives me these things, but that's what our gospel is about. And here's why. It really is. I always think all these stories, they always come back to the gospel. Maybe that's because I have a worldview that is the gospel. But some things are like that, aren't they? Right? If you give a mouse a cookie, there's always one more thing. He's going to want the next thing, and he's going to want the next thing, and he's going to want the next thing. And today's gospel wants to say something really, really important to you and I. It's a very short story we have in the story of Martha and Mary. It's only in the Gospel of Luke. It's not in any of the other Gospels. It's a hugely important story. And it's one that's important, I think, in a particular way for Americans. Today's Gospel is about anxiety. It's about anxiety and it's about sitting at the feet of Jesus. And what does this have to do with that great children's story? In my mind, I was praying this morning, and I thought, you know, the world 
is just like that mouse. Right? The world always has something it asks from you and I that's reasonable. Right? It's, if you have a cookie, it's perfectly reasonable to ask for a glass of milk. Who wouldn't? Right? If you don't ask for a glass of milk after a cookie, you probably don't have a soul. Right? It's reasonable. The world asks things of you and I that seem reasonable. Right? It's one thing, you go to work and your boss says, well, I need this. And you say, well, that's reasonable. And you think, well, my house needs X, Y, and Z, and that's reasonable. Right? And I, I need to get this in order, and it's reasonable. And everything makes sense in and of itself, but a subtle thing happens along the way. Is that if you give the world a cookie, it's going to ask for a glass of milk. Today's gospel, in some ways, is about what Saint, well, not Saint, in fact, that's controversial. But anyway, but what Thomas Merton says, where he says the key to life is discerning the difference between what is urgent and what is important. The key to life is discerning the difference between what is urgent and what is important. Martha today, she's serving Jesus. And for Jews, our first reading today from Abraham, from Genesis chapter 18, Abraham is really hospitable, and that's reasonable. In fact, it's more than reasonable. In the Old Testament, and after this story in Genesis 18, Jewish people hold it to be one of the most important virtues you can have is to be a person of hospitality. The Jews hold that in really high regard. If you're going to be a good Jew, you need to be someone who is hospitable to the stranger. And Martha today, that's what she's doing. Abraham was running back and forth, and he's getting this meal ready for these three visitors. Martha does the same thing. And Martha, if she were with us today, she could say, it's so reasonable, right? This wasn't even three strangers. This was God himself who came into my house. But Jesus doesn't acknowledge that, does he? Right? Today in the gospel, Jesus admonishes Martha. Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching, but Martha was distracted. Isn't that us? The main problem, I always think this, most Christians, the reason we don't really grow in holiness, and this is me as much as you, the reason we don't grow in holiness is not because we don't want to do good works. It's not because we don't want to learn our faith. It's because we are too busy with other things. And there's no room in our life for God. Martha was distracted with much serving. She went to him and said, Lord, do you not care? Right? Shouldn't you be rebuking Mary? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Don't you love it when, like, that's like what your mom says. Brian, Brian. Don't do that, mom. Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. Things. Amen. I bet every single one of you in this church 
is anxious and troubled about many things. And I know I am. There's always the next thing that gives me anxiety. Yesterday I was with, or two days ago, I was with my brothers in my community, and we had a good conflict session. We kind of had it out with each other. And one of the things I said to my brothers is I said, I have been given over to anxiety. And it's made it so that I haven't been as present to the community as I need to be. The key to life is discerning the difference between what is urgent and what is important. The world's needs, you know this, the world's needs in your life are always urgent. Always. The world screams at you. And it says, not tomorrow, not in a week, today, now. And it pushes an anxiety on your heart and your mind and your soul. And it makes it so there's no room for God. Now that word, anxiety, the verb there is merimnao in the Greek. To be anxious. Jesus, and if we study the Gospels, what happens is we start noticing that there's themes that pop up in different places. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ warns you and I about anxiety all the time. And my favorite spot is in Luke chapter 6. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 8. Jesus says this. And you know this. He tells the parable of the sower. Remember that one? The sower goes out to sow and he sows the seed. And it falls on different types of ground. And it falls on four different types. There's the seed that falls on the path. There's the seed that falls on rocky ground. There's the seed that falls among thorns. And there's the seed that falls on good soil. Monsignor Glenn, when he, uh, you've probably heard me say this, when he had one of his first homilies as a new, uh, newly ordained priest, it was on the parable of the sower. And his opening line was, what kind of dirt do you people think you are? And he was so proud of that. I was like, you're a total jerk. Um, but, but you know that parable, four types of soil. And when we get to that third type, I always think the third type is me. I am the type of soil that has thorns in it. I hear, and the seed is the word of God, Jesus says. Lord, I hear your word. I listen to the scriptures. It sinks into my heart. It is beautiful. I love it. But Jesus says this. He says, For what fell among the thorns? They are those who hear the word, but as they go on their way, right, which the way, that's the first name for Christianity, as you go on the way, as you live your Christian life, they are choked by the cares, and that word cares there is merimnao, anxiety. They are choked by the anxieties and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Amen. This has been my life the last couple of months, and it was so providential that this was today's gospel. I love God. I believe in His Word, 
but I have given my heart, brothers and sisters, over to anxieties. Hear the word of God. Hear the word of Jesus Christ who loves you. You cannot listen to the gospel, and the fruit of the gospel cannot grow in your heart if your heart is given over to worldly anxieties. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this. He says, do not be anxious, right? There's this theme of anxiety. Do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. How do we do that? And I want to leave you today. I hope this, this speaks to you. I hope today's homily kicks you in the butt a little bit. And I hope it calls your heart to what matters. It did it for me. That's why we come to church, one of the many reasons. It sets us, right, it sets us back on the right path. How do we do it, though? It's not enough to say, don't give the cookie to the mouse. Right? I don't think that's enough. It's really hard not to. Right? When your lawn's dying because the heat's turned up and you think, I've got to go to, to Lowe's or Home Depot and get some fertilizer or whatever, it's hard to say, like, okay, the gospel says don't get fertilizer for my lawn. That's worldly. That's not how we do it. How do we do it? There's three things I want to recommend to you today. And they're, they're not urgent, <laughs> but they're important hugely important. They do not have a due date on your calendar, but they are central to your growth as a child of God. Three things. The first thing is this. It's observance of Sunday. You do have to say no to the world. You have to. Right? When Jews are commanded to observe the Sabbath, that is fulfilled in Christians on Sunday. And here's why. In the ancient world, by the way, there was no weekend. Thank you, Jews and Christians. You would not have a weekend otherwise. In the ancient world, there was no weekend. There was no day of rest because your whole life belonged to the world. Jews gave the world a day of rest on Saturday. And the reason they did that was not because you're sick of work. It was to remind you that you do not belong to this world. You belong to God. And if you give your Sunday to the world, it will never stop. If your Sunday is given over to work, and I know some of you are in a place where you have to work now, and you're working to a place where you can stop. I understand that. that that's fair. But if your Sunday is given over to worldly anxieties, to work, to consumerism, to pleasure, that mouse is never going to leave. And the world will demand your whole life. Christians draw a line in, this, in the sand. They draw a line in the sand. And they say, Sunday world does not belong to you. 
It belongs to him. And Sunday is the day that I remember I do not belong to my job. I do not belong to my finances. I do not belong to tasks. God did not create me to finish tasks. God created me to dwell in eternal joy with him. And on Sundays, I remember that, which is one of a thousand reasons that you are obliged to go to Mass every Sunday. And if you don't, you will start thinking it doesn't matter. It's just one more day to mow the lawn, to get my groceries done, and to do a little bit of work to catch up going into the week. Draw a line in the sand. (laughs) Draw a line in the sand. I know it's hard. It'll be hard for two weeks, and then you'll say, how did I live without this? That's the first thing. Two more. And the second two are related. Silence and prayer. You have to have silence in your life. And I've read enough, so I don't want to read it. I want one more quote from Escriva. If you don't learn how to get silence in your life, you won't find God. Or you've got to be like Mary. Mary today sits at the feet of Jesus. And when she sits there, she remembers. Right, Jesus, this is, this is what I was created for. I wasn't made for that report that's due on Tuesday. And I know that report's not evil. But I know that what's truly important is that I listen to Jesus Christ and that his word sinks into me and I find joy in that. And then lastly, brothers and sisters, prayer. Prayer is hard. It's the hardest thing in the Christian life. It's important. It's really important. St. Jose Maria Escriva says this. He says, he talks about people who say, I'm too busy to pray. He says, they say, Father Jose Maria, I am too busy to pray. St. Jose Maria Escriva says this. He says, that's as if you claimed you had no time to study because you were too busy giving lessons. Without study, you cannot teach well. Prayer has to come before everything. If you do not understand this and put it into practice, do not tell me you don't have time. It is simply that you do not want to pray. And my favorite... St. Jose Maria says, some people say, you know, as long as you just say one minute, just, just give one minute to God, that's enough. Just one minute of intense prayer is enough. And that's in quotations. Someone who never prayed must have said that. <laughs> I love that. St. Jose Maria Escriva was snarky. Love that. It's <laughs> hope for me. Someone who never prayed must have said that. Would someone in love think it is enough to contemplate intensely the person they love for just one minute? You were not made, your life was not made to get things done. That's not why you were created. You were created to discover love and truth and goodness and beauty in the person of Jesus Christ. That's why you were created. And if you did everything else well, but you didn't have that, 
you will have missed the entire reason God created you. Brothers and sisters, today's Sunday. Today is the Lord's Day. You were created from, for Him. Draw a line in the sand. Be like Mary. Sit at the Lord's feet. Do not give the cookie to the mouse. Don't do it. Give your life to God. Jesus, I am like that soil with the thorns. You're in my heart, but so is the world. Lord, help me today to draw a line in the sand and to pull those thorns out of my heart.